Welcome to the Beyond Belief Business Podcast. Together, we'll explore the entrepreneurial journey from corporate to consultancy and what it means to create the life that you desire, the Beyond Belief life. I'm your host, Mayoshia Boykin Anderson. Let's get started. Hey there, and welcome to this episode of the Beyond Belief Business Podcast, where I share my journey from corporate to consultancy to agency in the tech field. I am so excited to have you guys here with me today on this second episode of 2023. We have a week in the back and um, we are moving forward and pressing on. I hope that you guys are well into the swing of the new you for this new year. I pray that you guys are really staying committed to that which you have promised to yourself, not to anybody else, but that you have promised to yourself. So today, I thought I would take a look back on my journey, and I want to specifically pull out the M factor is what I call it. As I looked back over my story, I realized that there was this theme that I could identify as I looked back year over year over the past 24 years, because that's how long I've been an entrepreneur, you guys, 24 years. Just celebrated 24 years this past November. So I am heading into my 25th year as an entrepreneur. And all I can say really is to God be the glory, (laughs) for real. Like it's literally been this amazing journey. But as I tell my story and as I talk about this M factor today, it's really this idea that I didn't just arrive here today. And I think that's important for us to intentionally intentionally call out because oftentimes we can look at where someone is today and think that we have to be there immediately, right? I I know I've been um, guilty of it. um, And if we're all honest with ourselves, we've been guilty of it, that we can look and we'll be like, yeah, I just want to. I just want to be like her. I just want to have what she has and, you know, all of that. Listen, 24 years in the making, 24 years. I want you to, I want you to get that. And as I go through this episode today, I'm literally going to share with you guys the ups and the downs, right? It's the M factor, the M factor. So what is this M factor that I'm talking about? It is this recognition of six things that I have seen over the course of this of this journey thus far. And those same six things are the things that are going to carry me into the future as well. I want you to understand that 
that there is nothing new under the sun. There is definitely a season for everything, but there is nothing new under the sun. So I'm going to pick out these six things that I have seen to be true as it relates to my journey towards the success that I'm able to experience today and that which I plan to continue to grow and build and scale into the future. All right. So if you guys are ready, what I really want you to do is to get a pen and paper because I've taken some notes and um, I want you guys to take some notes because what my hope is, is that after this episode, you will literally have something tangible that you can ponder over, if you will, as you are considering making that move from corp to consultancy. Maybe you've already made that move from corp to consultancy and you're now ready for the next phase, which is from consultancy to agency, right? This entire year of 2023, at the time of this recording, it is January 9th. 2023. And we are into the second week of the year, second full week, if you will, of the year. And my focus this year, the clarity that I got last year was so, so clear, <laughs> right? It was just clear. I got this clear clarity around what my mission and my focus is for this year. And it is literally to help any of you that are out there listening that have a desire to move from the amazing work that you do in corporate right now. You're working for um, a corporation. You're working somewhere in, in the Fortune 500 space. You're, you're working um, you know, for someone and you love your job. You may not love the people, <laughs> you may not love the circumstances at which you have to work under, but you love the work that you do and your desire is to keep doing that work. You just want to be able to work the way you want to work. You want to be able to work on your terms. You want to be able to have more control over the income you can make and more control over the life that you're trying to create, right? So my focus this year is going to be centered around sharing my journey from corporate to consultancy and then growing my company, right? My solo, my solo practice consultancy, growing that to a full-blown agency, right? In the tech space. So that's that's where I'm focused this year. And if that is you, if if you're still in corporate and you're looking to make that leap, then um, this is this is home for you. If you are have already taken the step and you've already become an independent consultant or an independent contractor, this is home for you. If you're looking to grow and scale this is home for you. You are ready to stop being the only one and you are really ready to start duplicating yourself and creating this agency of other consultants, right? 
Um, if again, that is you, then this is home for you. And I want to intentionally create that space and hold that space for you. So welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you know of anyone who is ready to move from corporate to consultancy to agency, please share this episode with them so that we could bring them into the community as well. I am so looking forward to it. So let's jump into um, this M factor, right? This M factor. I hope you have your pen, your paper, and you are ready to take some notes. And I'm literally just going to try to um, consolidate these 24 years into these six ideas, right? Into these six ideas or these six thoughts or these six themes, if you will, right? It's called the M factor. So if you're ready, we're going to start with number one. And I've kind of taken some notes um, because I really want you guys to um, really be able to understand what is required, right, for this walk, what is required for um, this journey. I'll give you a high level view of my story for those of you guys that are new to the community here. And for those of you who've heard my story before, continue listening because maybe, you know, you will find some new encouragement or new inspiration um, from it. So I'm going to start with the high level overview. So I created my first business back in November 1998. And it wasn't all pretty. I didn't I didn't wake up one day and say, you know what? I just want to be an entrepreneur. My journey was actually involuntary is what I like to tell people. Right. I was I was forced into I ain't choose this life. I was forced into this life. <laughs> right. Um, but a beautiful life it has been. But I say that because my decision to move into entrepreneurship was born out of the fact that I walked in one day to my dream job. Literally, I thought it was my forever job. I loved it. I loved what I did. I loved the people that I served, the companies that I served. Um, I loved it. I loved it all. I was working as a technical system in systems integrator for, um, for a company that catered to law firms, um, some of the largest law firms across the country. And again, I loved it. It was um, it allowed me to flex my tech skills. It allowed me to flex my people skills. And I really, really loved my job. But I came into work one day and my supervisor came into the office and she told me that they had decided that they were going to close the office. Close the office. And she went on to further tell me that it was effective immediately today. Effective immediately. This was in February of 1998. Um, so I loved my job. I was making great money, especially, especially for a 25-year-old. I was making, I was making good money. I believe y'all. If I'm not mistaken, I think I was making $48,000 a year. And that salary started in 
Maryland. I was living in the DC, Maryland area working for this company and I was transferred back home to Houston, but they allowed me to keep my same salary that I was earning back there on the East Coast. And you know, the cost of living is more expensive there, but they let me keep my salary. So here I am here, it's 1998, I'm making $48,000 a year. Um, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. And now the rug has been pulled from under me. We are closing the office and we are closing it today. So that's how my journey started. Now I'll kind of talk to you more about the journey as we go through today's episode, but just know that that's how my journey started. At that moment, at that moment in the midst of my despair, because literally getting that news was like an 18 wheeler had just crashed, crashed into me, right? Because I was making the good money, but I was living above my means. I didn't have any money saved. So literally the rug had been pulled from under me. Okay. So I want you to understand that about my journey. But when I received that news, after the initial emotions, I was a wreck, y'all. Let me just say it. I was a wreck. I was in the bathroom, listen, crying, bawling on the floor. Um, this is probably TMI, but y'all, I had snot running all down my nose. <laughs> it wasn't a pretty sight to say the least. But one thing that I determined in that moment was that no one would level of control over me again. No one would be able to determine where my next paycheck was coming from, where my next dollar was coming from. That's the decision I made that day. Now, it didn't happen immediately because I had to go find a job. <laughs> I had to take care of this child. I was a single parent. Um, but I determined at that time that that was going to be the last time, right? Um, and even with that decision, of course, I, I had responsibilities, so I still had to go find a job. Um, let me stick a pin right here, guys. This, this idea of entrepreneurship and starting your own business and starting your own consulting company and, and all of that stuff, we, we are still smart people. So I'm not telling anyone to go out and quit their jobs, right? Because if we do this thing right, our current job should be a leverage, if you will. It should springboard us into our new business that we are creating, okay? I wanna say that because never ever will I tell anyone to just up and quit their job. Girl, just quit it, you know. Now, you know, there are some circumstances where, you know, if you're in an environment that's toxic and, you know, all of that stuff, but still we are smart, are we not? So we're not going to jump out of the pot into the frying pan. Is that how they say it? Jump out of the frying pan into the fire. You, you know, we, we are not going to cut off our nose to spite our face. We're going to be smart about it. But I'm going to tell you the six things um, that have helped me 
and that continue to help me. So we're going to jump into it. The first one is mindset, right? How many of you guys could have guessed that one? Okay. It's the M factor, right? The first one is mindset, mindset. And one thing that I know to be true is that when it comes to my own personal mindset, I had to make sure that I transformed my mind because up until that point in February of 1998, I had an employee mindset. And that employee mindset meant that I would come to work, I would give my effort at whatever percentage that was, you know, depending on the day, right? But I would give my effort and in exchange for my effort, I would get a paycheck in the amount that they determined. I would get this paycheck every other week and we would rinse and repeat every week. I would come to work, I would do the job, and I would be paid for the job that I was doing, right? Um, the employee mindset is one that, you know, when you're an employee, you don't have to worry about the overhead decisions, the overarching decisions that the C-suite, you know, have to make. Um, and those things. And you're probably, you know, part of your employee-ness is probably in the C-suite, but you're still, there are still other people who are responsible for everything else. You are responsible for the task that has been assigned to you, and you will then get compensated on a regular basis because of that, right? As an entrepreneur, there is a transforming of the mind that has to happen if you're going to be out there and to be successful. For me, it was literally believing that God had a plan for my life and that it was one to prosper me and not to harm me. Right? I had to I had to believe that because if I didn't, it would have been too scary to say I was going to leave my every other Friday job and go out here into this world of unknown. I had to believe that God had a plan for my life. And let me tell you, I am still believing, still believing, right? And from a mindset perspective, as I'm believing that God has a plan for my life, and it's a plan to prosper me and not to harm me, then that means I need to be still enough to understand what his plan is. Because he has to tell me his plan. If he has a plan for me, he has to tell me. But he can't tell me if I'm busy and I'm not still and I'm not quiet, right? Part of it also was believing that when I prayed, that I would surely receive everything that I prayed for. Because it makes no sense for us to pray for something and we still doubt. Believing 
that when I prayed for it, I would surely receive it. But again, it took me being quiet enough to pray. Right? And all of these things were true and are true for me all at the same time. Right? And there are a lot of other things that go into the transforming of your mind when you're trying to switch from an employee to um, an entrepreneur or a business owner or a consultant or a contractor, right? Also, it was believing that I was already equipped with everything that I needed to do what I was about to set out to do. Because without believing that, it would be very difficult, again, for you to leave the comfort, if you will, of that job and try to step out there, right? So if you're taking notes, really, just right now, what are the beliefs that you need to abandon? I'm not good enough. What if this doesn't work? I don't think it's going to work. I don't believe that I'm good enough to be my own boss. I don't believe that I have enough yet. Right? What are the beliefs that you have to abandon? And this is what you're going to write in your notes. Because I want this to be an exercise for you. These were my mindset shifts. But what are yours? What beliefs do you need to abandon? What beliefs do you need to adopt? What new beliefs do you need to adopt so that you could transform your mindset, right? Again, it worked for me back in 1998. It's still working for me now in 2023. Okay? So that's the first M in the M factor. That's the first M. The second M is motivation. I'm going to tell you guys, listen, by far, my number one motivation back in November 2008, or actually November 1998, sorry about that. In November 1998 was my daughter at the time. Everything I did then and now was and is for her. Now, my motivation has also grown now to include my son, my granddaughter, my husband, my family, my legacy, my whole desire to have more control over just, just my ability to generate income, but also my ability to create the life that I want to create. If you don't have motivation, then it's going to be, it, it's, it's going to be pretty difficult for you to leave being an employee, leaving your job to go solo, 
you need motivation. What is your motivation? So on, on your paper, on your paper, I want you to jot down what is the thing that would force you back on the saddle when things get rough? Trust me, you need something that is the focus of your motivation. What's that thing? What's that thing that's going to force you to get back in the ring when things don't go quite as you expected? Because trust me, things won't always go quite as you expected. What's going to be the motivation, the thing, the person? What's your motivation? Right? What is it? What is it? Who is it? And listen, make sure that it's your motivation. Because if it's somebody else's and you're just jotting it down because that's somebody else's motivation. Listen, if it's somebody else's, then it's not going to be enough to get you back on the saddle and back in the ring. Make sure it's your motivation. And take time and think about that. You're going to need it. I needed it then. I need it now. I need to be able to look at my family photos and see me beside my husband and see my daughter there and see my son there and see my granddaughter there and see my daughter's husband and see my son's wife. That's my motivation, right? So what is yours? Number three, number three in my M factor is money, money. Yeah, I said it. Let's face it, y'all, it takes money to make money. And for those of us believers, right? People of faith, God girls and God guys, <laughs> Christians, right? Bible Belt Baptist, what, what, whatever you call yourself. For a lot of us, for, for, for whatever reason, y'all, what, whatever reason, and maybe it's just me, maybe it's just the people that I hang around. So it's probably just these, you know, these Christians over here, the, the, these, anyway, listen, I think all of us, and I say us, y'all, for real, because it was me too. We've been conditioned with this mentality around money. That it's evil, that it's outside of God, that, you know, if we're supposed to be serving, then we shouldn't be earning. Right? Shoot, I can't, I can't serve if I don't earn. I can't serve if I don't earn. Right. So being able to get rid of these beliefs that we have around money. And quite honestly, when I think about it, y'all, um, and, and I think about this whole idea of money, the more money I'm able to earn, the more I'm able to serve God's people. When I think about 
entrepreneurship and why most of us start our businesses it's because we have a purpose and a passion and you know all of these things and for whatever reason we get to a point where we feel like if we're if we're earning the money and if we're concerned with earning the money and if we are intentional about earning the money that we are somehow outside of our purpose and our passion and our mission right But the more I earn, the more I can serve. So part of this success of starting and now growing my business is summed up by my ability to rethink my relationship with money. Like literally, I just had to rethink the whole thing and not think that money was bad, that it was sleazy. That and Listen, let me tell you something. If you believe that money is bad, guess what's not coming into your existence? Money. If you believe that it's wrong to have it, then guess what? You're not going to have it. If you believe that it's wrong to earn it, you're not going to earn it. So rethinking at least for me, rethinking my relationship with money. That's been one of my keys to success. And it continues to be because I look at money now as a vehicle. It is literally just a vehicle to be able to do more of what I desire to do. Right? Is money everything? No, it isn't. Is it a vehicle that can be used so that I can further my mission, of course, so that I can serve God's people, of course, so that I can help people see what's possible, of course. So if you're still with me and you're writing your notes, what are the beliefs about money that you need to abandon? And what are the beliefs about money that you need to adopt? Out with the old, in with the new. What do you need to abandon? What do you need to adopt? Right? So we're moving on with the M factor, right? The next one, number four, number four is mastery. Mastery. So I told you guys that I was on that bathroom floor, right? On that day, way back in February, 1998. I told y'all I was on that floor. Y'all, I was bawling my eyes out. Woe is me. What am I gonna do? How am I gonna make it? I was bought, y'all. I was a wreck. I was a wreck for real. But once I picked myself up off that floor, yes, I said up off. I had to pick myself up off the floor. <laughs> oh, gotta love it. Y'all, sometimes I just laugh at myself. But anyway. Once I picked myself up off that floor, washed my little face, cleaned up the little mascara, and I went back to that office. One of the things I realized was that, hmm, I have something going for me. I have this skill set because I was good at my job, y'all. I would, If I say so myself, I was good. So I knew I had a skill set. 
that I had been mastering all of those years in tech, because by this time I had already been in tech, in the tech industry for like eight years. So I had a skill set that I had been mastering and it was a skill set that my market needed. Right? Now notice, I didn't say mastered, but mastering. I had been mastering this skill set for the past eight years. Right? And I continue, let me just tell you, I continue my quest towards mastery even now. The, the thing about mastery is that it's continuous. In the tech world, we often say, um, you know, when we're talking about software development or, um, or application design or even, you know, the software projects that we work on, we often call them continuous improvement projects. CI, continuous improvement. And that's because once you do something once, what comes next is that you keep making it better. One of my coaches, Kelly, says that you have to train for your business like athletes train for their sport. They don't just train once. They are continuously improving mastery. Never mastered. Right. Even when you think about the masters. Right. I'm, I'm a huge sports fan, y'all. Even when you think about the masters. It's every year. They didn't have just one Masters. Somebody got out there, hit the little ball, it went in the hole, and they just won, and that was it. Every year, it gets better and better. The players are different. Sometimes they are the same if they have invested in mastering their skill, right? But it's continuous improvement. Look at the iPhone. My boy Steve didn't just put out the first one and, and left it there. Shoot, we on like, what, 15 now? I haven't gotten a new one yet. I'm still on the, what is this, a 13? I don't know. Continuous improvement. My boy Bill, he didn't stop at the first windows. Now, okay, now look, let me tell y'all, because I talked about my boy Steve earlier. Let me tell y'all, I'm a PC girl. I am not a Mac girl. It has been quite tempting lately though, but you know, whatever. But Bill didn't stop at version one of Windows. Continuous improvement. If we go back to sports, y'all, I ran the Houston Marathon before. Y'all, I'm multifaceted. I know, y'all, I be doing a whole lot of stuff. I'm in tech and I done ran a marathon. Anyway, but... You know, I, a, a lot of people say, girl, you ran 26 miles. No, I ran 26.2 miles. Give me all my props. <laughs> but but I ran the Houston Marathon and I didn't just get up one Sunday before Martin Luther King Day, because that's when the Houston Marathon is. It's always the Sunday before Martin Luther King Monday, right? But I didn't just get up one Sunday and say, I'm gonna run a marathon today. It took me 26 weeks. I started training for that marathon 
in July of the previous year. I joined this group in Houston called Houston Fit. If any of you guys are local, actually, they are a part of USA Fit. So they should have, you know, a Houston Fit or Chicago Fit, or I don't know, whatever, right? But but it's called USA Fit and the Houston um, chapter. Um, even now it's gotten so big that there's a Houston chapter, there's a Katy chapter, um, Katy Fit, Houston Fit. But y'all, I trained for 26 weeks. Every week we were out there. Every week we were out there and we were mastering our ability to complete this big race, right? But I say that to say the key to this journey called entrepreneurship and the key to the success in it is continued mastery of your skill. Don't think you're just going to jump out there with your little today skill set. And it's going to be enough to carry you for the duration. You have to continuously focus on mastering your skill. So in your notes, what plans or steps will you take to continue to master the skill set that you're bringing to the table? It's not enough to bring it to the table once. If you're going to be successful and if you're going to be able to grow a sustainable business and if you're going to be able to grow into the leader that you need to become to sustain a growing business, it's going to require mastery. All right. Number five. Number five is marketing. Marketing. It's the impact, y'all. It's the impact marketing number five. I'm going to tell you, in this game called entrepreneurship, nobody wants to be the best kept secret. Nobody wants to be the best kept secret. What, what I've learned to be true is that business is a numbers game. And I'm going to tell you, the quicker I realized that, the better I was able to navigate in these business streets. Let me just tell you. And I'll also tell you guys, in the spirit of true transparency, because quite honestly, y'all, let me tell you, that's all I ever want to be um, to anybody who has trusted and respect me enough to listen and follow me. The least I can do is be honest and transparent, right? So... In true transparency, one of the major reasons, and shoot, it's probably the only reason I closed my first company back in 2007, because I started my first business in November of 1998. And I grew that, that consulting business as a solopreneur, right? As a solo consultant, right? I grew that company to multiple six figures, but I closed it at the end of 2007. And the reason I closed it is because back then I relied too much on referrals. And I relied on referrals so much that when those referrals dried out, I was stuck and empty and broke. I was broke, y'all, at the end of 2007. And actually, I probably should have closed it much earlier than I did. But, you know, I had those 
those thoughts of failure and, oh my goodness, if I close my business, people are going to talk about me. The same people that wasn't paying no bills. Okay, I'm not going to go down. That's the mindset. Y'all, that was number one. It's the mindset. But I closed my company at the end of 2007 because there was no more business. The referrals had dried up and I hadn't yet realized the importance of marketing the business and marketing myself. Because at that point, I, I was the business, right? I was, I was a solopreneur. I was the only consultant. So marketing has to be a part of your plans for success. So one of the lessons I learned to focus on in 2008, because that 2008 was my gap year. I closed the company in 2007 and I took the entire year of 2008, took all of my lessons learned because I wanted to come back bigger, better and stronger and better and all the things, right? I was always going to start another business. I just needed to make sure that I did it the right way, or at least writer than the first time. <laughs> I just made a word, writer. It had to be writer, right? But one of the lessons I focused on during that gap year was ways of making, or, or ways of marketing my skill set, marketing my experience, marketing my history, marketing my team, you know, marketing our expertise. marketing so that people would know that we existed so we can get in front of more people so we can have more opportunity to generate more income to help more people to create more impact you see where i'm going marketing so on your paper figure out what your brand messaging is going to be because even as a solo consultant, when you're leaving your job and you're going into consultancy, you're still your brand. So what is your messaging going to be? How are you going to clearly articulate your value? Um, Jerisha, one of my other um, coaches, so how are you going to articulate your value in the marketplace? So that you could just market, market, market. Listen, number five is marketing. And the quicker we can get that, the better. So then the last one, are you guys still with me? So this is the last M in the M factor, right? And baby, let me tell you, this one is movement. Movement. Faith without works is dead, period. Period. For me, I had to move from that place on the floor that day. I had to move to find me another job so I could take care of my daughter. I had to move to start saving my coins so I wouldn't be in the same position. I had to move to get the nerves to call all of those old clients from the job I had just lost. Because not only did I lose a job, but they lost a service provider. 
So look at the opportunity there. But I had to move to get up the nerves to call them. I had to move past all of the no's that I received when I did call them. I had to move after I got my first, I didn't even get a yes. I got it as a matter of fact. But I had to move to the point where I can deliver on the first project that I received. I had to move to better understand how the pricing and the invoicing had to work. I had to move to grow my business. I had to move to decide to close that business in 2007. And then I had to move to start the next business. I had to move to build a team. As I started growing, I had to move to put in systems. I had to move to invest in our personal and professional development, not just mine, but for my whole team. I had to move to invest in coaches. I had to move to start thinking like a real CEO. And y'all, I, I continue to move to this day. What moves do I need to make? I'm continuously asking myself that. I'm continuously asking God that. What moves do I need to make? Order my steps, Lord. Movement, y'all. You cannot stand still in the game of entrepreneurship, in the game of consulting, in the game of being an agency owner, in the game of being a CEO, in the game of being a multimillionaire. in the game of financial equity, in the game of generational wealth, in the game of impact, in the game of legacy, we cannot afford to stand still. So the last thing I'm gonna ask you, what movements are you willing to make? What movements are you willing to make? Because that's what it's going to require. That's what it's going to require. It's going to require you shifting your mindset. It's going to require you to get some motivation. It's going to require you to transform your relationship with money. It's going to require you to master the skill set that you're bringing to the table. It's going to require you to market yourself out there in the marketplace. And it's going to require movement. You're going to have to move beyond your belief. It's in the name and it's the, it, it's the reason why I do what I do. So that we can get a point to where we can get to a point to where we are moving beyond belief and creating these lives that we desire, lives that we have more control over, where the only limits are the ones that we place on ourselves. Those are the only limits. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And while you're at it, feel free to leave a rating and review so others can get a sense of what it's like inside Beyond Belief. 
We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and other major platforms. I would love to hear your biggest takeaway from this episode. So post the show on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or across your social media and make sure you tag me. Finally, if you'd like to learn more about working together or want resources, visit us at beyondbeliefbusiness.com. Bye for now.